give him a hand because God, and we are so thankful. Praise God. I'd like you to open your Bibles to the book of James. As it was mentioned, we are doing a, a, a sermon series on the book of James. We're going to be looking at chapter 1. Major Phil did the first part of chapter 1. I am doing the second part of chapter 1. And I hope you're ready. Are you ready to hear the word of God this morning? Yes. It is a participative kind of sermon this morning. Got to keep you up. Got to keep you awake. Let's pray before we get into the word. Father God, we thank you for the privilege of being in your house. We thank you for the privilege of being called your sons and your daughter. As we are that, Lord, we are here right now at the feet of the cross, at your feet, hearing what you have to say to us this morning. Father, open our hearts and our minds and our eyes. Forget all what's going on out there. We just have to just focus on you today, on what, to sh- how, what you're going to share with us. Bless us, Lord, in a wonderful, amazing way this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you a story. Let me start with this story. There's a story of a teacher who quizzed a group of college-bound juniors and seniors. That's the key here, okay? College-bound juniors and seniors in preparation for a Bible as literature course. Okay, the results revealed that our nation, listen to this, our nation is biblically illiterate. And here are a few of some of the replies of the students when they were surveyed. And they said, and listen, Sodom and Gomorrah were husband and wife. And some said Jezebel was Ahab's donkey. Here, the Gospels were written by Matthew, Mark, Luther, and John. Eve was created from an apple. Jesus was baptized by Moses. And Golgotha was the name of the giant who slew the apostle David. Isn't it sad? Sad. But the truth of the matter is that many Christians today are sadly unaware of what the Bible says. You see, in a recent study by the Barna Group, there was a survey. And the survey revealed that there were nearly one-fourth of the people who, who called themselves born-again Christians, never read the Bible. But the report also says that many Christians do not even know, as we have just, just read through it and heard it, about things such as where Jesus was born. I hope you know where Jesus was born. See, if we are ever to learn and understand the Word of God, and the authority of Scripture for our lives, we need to fill our minds. We need to fill our minds with its content. We need to research it. We need to meditate on it, memorize it, not just, there, not just memorizing it, making it be part of our lives. Parents in the house, I encourage you that, to, to read your Bible with the children. We need a nation. Not just a nation, a nationwide recommitment to letting the Bible matter in our lives. Let me tell you about um, in the beginning of the year, we, if this looks familiar to you, we began a Bible reading plan. And for some of you that are, part, that are taking part of it, I encourage you to do so. If you're not, it's not too late. We provide this every two months. 
Thomas puts it together, and we, the goal is not just to print a paper, but is the goal is that you take some time reading the Word of God. And our goal, ultimate goal, is that at the end of the year that you have gone through the Bible. Help, help us to help you read the Word of God. Take one of these as you leave this room. But as you see, as you look at James chapter 1 this morning, if you have your Bibles from verses 19 to 25, you see, it isn't only hearing the Word of God. It isn't only that. That is needed. Unless we do what the word says, we are in great danger of deception and forgetting the scriptures that we have been taught. And so this morning, we are going to look at three questions that I'm going to ask you and you are going to ask yourself. And that here they are. First one is, how do I react to the word of God? Will you please say that? And secondly is, how do I receive the word of God? And thirdly is, react, receive, response. How simple is that? It may be simple, but as we go to it, we're going to learn a little bit more. Our answer, your answer, and my answer will affect us in a very profound way. James is firm, and listen to this, that the word that is learned must link with the word that is lived in our lives. Let me repeat that again. The word that is learned must link with the word that is lived out in our lives. So the first question is what? How do, how do I react to the word of God? And James addresses in verse 19, he tells us Christians. And he says, my dear brothers, and he just doesn't go on with brothers. He goes on with sisters, and he goes, take note, what? Everyone. That means all Christians, all followers, not just those super saints. He calls us with three things in this verse, reactions. The question is about reactions. What are those reactions when we read the word of God? The Bible tells us that when you do these things, it will create an impact in your life. We are to be alert Look at that verse. We are to be calm. We are to be clean. And it says, be quick to listen. There is such a need to, for good listening. Let me tell you a story of uh, three friends um, going on a trip, going to town on a noisy train. So picture this, okay? They're going on a, on a trip on a noisy train. One friend says, isn't it windy? And the other friend said, the second friend said, no, I think it's Thursday. And then and the third friend says, so am I. Let's get something to drink. <laughs> listening, listening, quick to listen means to be eager and attentive, ready, ready to receive and understand the message that is being heard. You see, if the word is to have an impact there must be a sense in you, in us, a readiness and an eagerness to listen. And this is what this verse is calling for. You see, it is possible to have good hearing. It is. But to be hard of listening. It is possible to hear the words, but not really hear what they mean to our hearts. A servant is quick to listen to the master. A mother is quick to listen to the baby's cry. For us as believers, as followers, 
we should be quick to hear what God has to say. Are you listening to the word of God? Can good listening make a difference? Yes, it can. Can it change the direction of human lives? Yes. Ask yourself, what difference would it make if I carefully and alertedly listen to God? I like this. Someone says, we have two ears. Ladies and gentlemen, we have two ears and one mouth. That ought to remind us that we have to what? Listen more than speak. How are you reacting to the word of God? Be alert. And now I want to talk about being calm. Being calm. Slow to speak and slow to become angry. You see, anger and quick speech are, are closely related. Because you see anger, and many of you know, and probably can relate to this, it's mostly expressed verbally. We need to maintain a calm attitude that controls quick improper reactions to what we hear you see anger must not be taken lightly it can be a dynamite it can be a dynamite see a woman once admitted to to her pastor that she had this bad temper and she said goes and tells him but she said it it's at least it's over in a minute but the pastor said to her so it is with a shotgun blast it is over in a second, but look at the damage that he can do. And James says it well, man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires from us. So how can we react to the word of God? Be alert, be calm, and lastly on this part is be clean. Be clean. And this, what I mean by this is that we live in an age described by moral filth. Obscenity has become such a big business. Pornography floods the bloodstream of America with moral pollution. It is especially tragic that this filth or any filth can be found in many, many Christian homes. We must get rid of them. We must get rid of the filth and evil that is so widespread. And in Galatians chapter 5 verse 19 and goes on to 21, tells a whole bunch of of sinful nature that we all have. And just to name a few, how about sexual immorality, impurity, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, envy, hatred. And let me tell you, if there are any of this on the list that exists in your life today, in your home today, I ask you and I pray that you get rid of them. God's word directs us to recognize and remove those things that are unacceptable in our lives. You see, when we accept Jesus and let him be part of our life, the Holy Spirit dwells in us. And can you just imagine that? The Holy Spirit dwells in us. And what he does is that the Holy Spirit indwells in us, not the filth, the moral filth, but the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So how are you reacting to, word, to the word of God? All of us need to do this on a daily basis. Work on it being alert, being calm, and being clean. It's an ongoing task that we must do. Second question is, what was the second question? How do I receive 
the word of God. Receive. It is not enough to simply put off evil as we talked about. It's not enough. Something must also be in it, must take place. And James tells us in this verse that we are to what humbly accept the word and plant it in you which can save you. See, the word of God is not only an agent of our salvation. It is an agent of daily growth. A quality that is necessary for this, for us to grow, is the word we don't like, attitude. Attitude. You could have the good attitude or the bad attitude. But here we're talking about the attitude of humility. And Daniel talked about that as, as studying the word of God. Humility. Humility means yes to the word, what it teaches us. You cannot have a teachable heart without humility. Picture that in your mind. What does God see when you look at your heart? I want you to picture what God sees when he looks at your heart. Are you teachable or are you stubborn? Are you humble, flexible, and tender? Or maybe some of you are so set on your ways that you're like, "Uh uh-uh, get away from me. Don't want anything to do with it. Or we must come to this book right here. Not just a book. It's a living book with a humble attitude, with a teachable spirit. You see, if we intend to understand this living word, we need to be humble. We need to allow God to work in our lives. You see, when we do that, God continues to work in us. And I like the word. It says he sanctifies us. That means pretty much he makes us more and more like him, like Jesus. He transforms the way our minds, the way we think, the way how we feel, and our will through his word. Receive the word with humility this morning. And you know, sometimes reading this word can be tough. Can I hear an amen? Amen. It is tough. But God will help us. God will help us with the Holy Spirit. We've looked at the word react. How do I react? How do I receive? And just one last point this morning. How do I respond to the word of God? Will you say it, please? How will you respond to the word of God? James now introduces to us his favorite topic. I love it. And he tells us it's about faith that produces. He says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. He says, do what it says. He reminds us that we learn what we learn in secret. When you do your reading, must be lived out into the public place. So are you a doer of the word? And here we go. James tells us in 22 to 25, and I want you to focus on this because this is how we deceive ourselves when we're looking, when we're looking and without doing the word of God. He says, and you know what? If you're studying James, I love it because he uses a lot of analogy. He uses, he talks about the waves that toss back and forth. And here this morning he uses, and you will see there's a mirror, and I want to thank Warren. Gentlemen, let Warren know. Say thank you for the mirror. Thank you. He talks about the mirror. You see, anyone who listens to the word of God but does not do what he says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror. 
looks at himself and then goes away and forgetting what he has seen. But a man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it. I love this. He will be blessed in what he does. So if you are a listener, so you see, a listener is someone who looks at a mirror. Look good, cool, and then next thing you know, he or she forgets what he looks like. But you know what? It may, it may sound, seem strange to you this morning, but many of us look at a mirror. How many of you look at a mirror every day? Oh, come on. All hands should be up. How many of you get up in the morning, you fix your hair, or maybe you don't want to look at a mirror when you get up in the morning. But we do look at a mirror. We brush our teeth. It doesn't have to be this beautiful mirror, but you have some kind of mirror at home. You brush your teeth. You get things ready. But you know what? Many of us don't want to look at a mirror because we're so preoccupied of what's happening. We don't want to see all those blemishes, all those wrinkles that are coming on every day that you never know existed. How about those gray hairs? Oh, there's another one. Oh, you don't want to look at that. How about some of you, you look and look, there's no hair at all. <laughs> sorry, guys. Sorry, sorry. God, I had to put that one in there. You know, we look at ourselves. We go away and we don't want to see it. But you know, in the same way, the Bible is like it. In the same way, we read the Bible. We look at it, we're on it. Yes, we're on it. But we're so preoccupied and thinking about something else. Let me tell you a story. Uh, one day I preached and I asked someone after church and I said, Hey, can you tell me a little bit about my sermon? And someone said, uh, I'm sorry, Major. I wasn't really paying attention. I was kind of pretty occupied. That's cool. That's all right. Or sometimes we think we know what, what God's words so well that we don't take a close look of what it says. We know our face really good. We do know our face. But we don't want to take a close look. Because it hurts to see what's there, doesn't it? But for the Bible, it makes us look at ourselves, not to compare us with the society. We look at the Bible to compare us and to look at God's holiness. We look at the way how God sees ourselves. In his perfect light, we can't hide all the blemishes. I can go in a mirror and put every little um, foundation to hide the that blemish, that pimple, whatever it may be, but we can't hide. Yeah, you can hide, but yeah, I know the word of God, but when it comes to shove, I don't really know anything about the word of God. You see, a doer, someone who listens and do what God's word says, looks intently. I want you to look at that verse, looks intently to the perfect law. And I want to show this to you because the Greek word for the, look, the word look intently is called Paracupta. Will you say that? Paracupta. What that means is when someone is looking intently into the word of God or into anything, you are, watch this, you are stoop. You are bending forward, looking down, looking intently closely. When I want to pick something up, I don't, I don't go like this. You kind of want to look and pick that up. You don't want someone to pick it up. Well, they're stooping down. How about a scientist? A scientist looks into a microscope. They don't take the microscope and look like this. They go like this. 
They look at the microscope in detail and look at every little thing about the micronism in the microscope. It's the same way with the Word of God. Take that Word of God and look at it intently. Don't just skim through the Word and the pages. Whatever it says, we need to look at it and examine what God says in His Word. It's the perfect law that gives us freedom. If His law says, Love and pray for those who persecute you. Love them. God says, love the Lord your God with all your heart. Look at that and intently look at it. And what does it really mean? When it says, seek first the kingdom of God, look at it intently and learn from it. When we look at God and his word intently, and his heart and his purity shows to us. As we look at the word, it becomes like a mirror. You see, a mirror must have to have a smooth surface or else it will dis- distort the reflection. You see, a mirror does not lie. Does your mirror lie? I want to know what kind of mirror you're using. A mirror does not lie. I love the fairy tale story, Snow White. Right? You got the evil stepmom or queen and says to the mirror, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who is the fairest of all? And certainly that mirror would love to lie. That can't lie. Snow White is the fairest of all. Can't lie. God's word does not lie. God's word does not change. This mirror does not change at all. Unless you have those fancy mirrors that makes you bigger, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. It does not change. It does not lie. And that's the kind of word that we have. God's word does not change. And it says on First Peter, if we could have it on the screen, it says, all people are like grass and all glory is like the flowers of the field. And we look at this. The grass weathers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Can I hear an Amen. His word endures forever. Hang in there with me. I just got one more thing here just to kind of draw it to a point. If we seem out of line with the, with the word of God and we can get out of line, it is, he, it is we who have changed out of that line. We need to be in line with the word of God. That means we're in line with the, with the Lord. If you have drifted away, get into the word of God. Continue to do so. You see, this mirror is useless if you don't use it. The word of God is not going to do anything if we don't use it. We might, li- we might not like what we see sometimes in the mirror. We might not like what we see in here, but it is needed. In, about ni- in the 1980s and 1990s, there was the Nike Corporation used a slogan, and many of you are probably already thinking about it. It had lived off on a slogan that featured Michael Jordan. And it said, pretty much, what did it say? Just do it. Just do it. The slogan was used to promote any item in Michael Jordan's likeness on it. And the reason for the slogan, because it was Jordan's attitude to life. Much like any rags to riches story, Jordan was, let me tell you, he, if you did not know, he was cut. In, as a student in ninth grade, he was cut from the basketball team. And the coach told Mike that he, that he lacked of speed. He lacked the size and overall the ability to play basketball. 
that lit his fire. He did nothing but work to become the NBA's all-time greatest player. Way better than LeBron and Kobe. You know what? You know what? Michael could have quit. Michael could have quit when that coach told him. But he didn't. He went to work. And this morning, you know what? We all have different things in life. We have different projects in life. But the most important project in your life today is that we, it's being all that God wants us to be in reacting, in receiving, and responding to his word. And it's about maturing. That's the word, maturing. We don't want to grow up. Our teenagers don't want to grow up because it's responsibility. It's about maturing and growing in our walk with God. So as Jordan puts it, let's do it. Let's do it. You've heard the word to demand to, to live a purity life? Just do it. You've heard the word to go and, and, and pray for your enemies? Do it. You, to love your neighbors? Do it. To help those less fortunate? Just do it. Do not merely listen to a word, but do what it says. Put your faith in action, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters. Don't sit on it. Put it into action. So maybe this morning as I draw our, our, my sermon to a close, I'd like to just kind of look at it. Maybe some of you are saying, Major, I've heard this before. I've heard what you're saying. I know what you, I get it, I get it. But do you really get it? Are you reading your Bible? This may hurt because you are, I'm getting to you. Simple as that, are you reading the Bible? Are you understanding what you're reading? Are you reading time with your family? Husband and wife in the, in, in the house this morning. Are you spending time in the Word? Maybe you haven't picked up your Bible lately. It's just collecting dust. Wipe that dust off. And we are here as a church to, to help you become the woman and man that God wants you to be as you grow. That's what James is all about. He's saying here, we need to grow and mature in our walk. Start reading a few scriptures. Be part of a Bible study. Be part of a one-on-one Bible study. All that is possible. You see, God's word changes us. Can I hear an amen? If you are reading God's word today, is he changing you? I hope he is. Because that's what the word of God does. Changes us as we listen and do his word. James is telling us, let's do it. And I want to leave with this, a challenge. Let us not be just a church, a church, a Bible-believing church. Easy. Folks, a Bible-believing church, that's so easy. I can believe all you want, all I want, but we need to be a Bible-doing church. You got the believing, you got the doing, and put it together, that's an amazing church. That's an amazing follower of Christ. So at this time, I'm going to call him Freddie. I just want to take this time to challenge you and encourage you. And I do this, and many of you probably don't like what I do, but the reason why I do this is that I'm going to make you stand up. You don't have to stand up, and I really don't want you to stand up if it doesn't apply to you. Sound mean, but really is that God's word is so important as a believer. You know, I've grown up in a Christian home. Done all that, read it, memorized it. But you know what? In my, as I've been growing up lately and 
tell you, I'm growing up. I haven't grown, but in my walk with the Lord, I've grown just getting into His Word. I love it. And I want you to be encouraged. And I want you this morning to get into His Word. And if you want to do that this morning, that you want to just start somewhere, and if you are doing it already, please stand and really say and tell us, I am reading and I'm growing, and we want to praise God for that. And if you want to be part of those that are growing and learning, stand up. And if you don't know how to do it, please come and see our ministry staff because we want to be a church that doesn't just read the Bible, but we want to live it out. So please, as you stand, and I love it, look around. It's not about being embarrassed. Look around because whoever you see, pray for each other. I love it because I see what God is doing in your lives. You need help. Husband and wives, start reading. Families, mom, dads, read together. Guys at the RC, pray together. Small groups, anything, as long as you're reading God's word. Let's do it together. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. Lord, help us to get excited about your word. It's tough sometimes because we don't know what it's saying. But Lord, that's why you give us the Holy Spirit to reveal what, the, what we're trying to understand and read. But Lord, there is a purpose for the word, your word, your living word. You've given it to us as a guide, as a helper, an encourager. But Lord, I thank you for each one who's standing. Continue to bless them as they go forth and do your word today and for the days to come. For some who may be a little bit not sure, but that's okay. But I pray, Lord, that you will still tug in their hearts. Keep tugging, Lord. They may not like it. Keep tugging to get into the word. Help us to encourage one another. Help us to teach one another whatever you've, you've taught us through our experiences. We love you. And everyone says, amen. Amen. Thank you. Have a seat.